Welcome to episode 130 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Heidi ho John. So today, Dirk, I wanted to revisit one of our favorite topics on the digital life with a slightly different lens. Uh, over the years, we've noted the the rivalry and, and sort of the back and forth between uh, some of the top tech, uh, tech companies for that that prime spot, um, namely Apple and Google, have you know been among the top two in in uh, you know over the past I don't know five years or so, and and I think you've noted uh, on more than one occasion how Apple seemed to be losing some of its mojo, and I believe you had a prediction uh, for this year that it was going to be. Uh, uh, sort of the downward slope for Apple as the the dominant tech company, although it might <clears throat> not necessarily uh, feature in their stock price ne- necessarily this year, but that there was going to be some significant um, change in the way Apple was viewed. Um, and so I noticed, you know, lo and, lo and behold, I was uh, reading a publication I, I enjoy online, Fast Company, and there are two very notable authors, mainly because they came from the design side at Apple, and that's uh, Don Norman and uh, Bruce uh, Tognazzini, a uh, very sort of famous interaction designer, started, you know, basically started the IXDA, um, so, and Don Norman, uh, usability guru, well, well known, um, and both of those had uh, contributed to this rather long article, this long screed uh, that was entitled, How Apple is Giving Design a Bad Name. Now, aside from, you know, the reference to the the 80s Bon Jovi song, which uh, you give love a bad name, which always rings out in my head as a child of Generation X. um, That's a pretty strong statement for uh, these two guys who you know, basically came out of the Apple shop at one point, helped establish Apple as a design powerhouse. Yeah. And they're now looking at what have, what have, uh, what have we wrought, right? Like what, what, what is the um, incarnation of Apple currently? And it is not as, um, as some would like to think of it as the paragon of design anymore. And there, there are lots of reasons for it. Um, but but I just wanted to get your reaction to that first and then sort of dig into that uh, topic a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad people are finally talking about it. I mean, Apple, especially on the software side, Apple's software design has been garbage for a really long time. Garbage. And now finally people are talking about it. People are sort of calling them uh, on the carpet for it. And it's good because uh, they can't be allowed to just keep getting away with it. Um, so software is garbage. Yeah, do you think that this decline is reflective of the uh, uh, sort of the absence of Steve Jobs at the helm, or what do you what do you think the you know did this started happening during his tenure? What what do you think? I think Apple's never done software well. They've had moments where you know they come out with Keynote and Keynote's better than PowerPoint. Okay, great, you know incrementally better this one piece of software. But if you go back and look at all of Apple software over all of time. The vast majority of it has always been total garbage. They've never done software well. Um, They've been a hardware company. They've done hardware well. 
but on the software side, it's it's uh, it's been really really barren. And I think it's only now that their hardware is becoming more mediocre that the software is is you know being held accountable to. So so do you think Apple has sort of reached the the tech summit and has has more or less become what we thought of you know Microsoft in the in the nineties as being a a more business oriented, less user friendly kind of um, bully in the uh, in the tech space now? Is that what they what they operate as? Uh, you know, I think the connotations are different. So I don't know that Apple's operating as a bully by any means. Um, uh, you know, Microsoft, what happened with Microsoft in the 90s was very different than what's, what's happening with Apple now. I mean, Microsoft earned their business success by ruthless uh, business practice, by monopolistic um, ownership of personal computing to some degree over a period of time. You know, Apple's dominance um, is both less dominant by far than Microsoft's ever was, but it was, you know, built on the, the back of design. It was built on the back of um, creating new markets and, uh, you know, featuring products that were just a clear cut above. Um, so I will certainly say that, you know, Apple now is cycling down that, you know, Apple's peak, I don't know, it would be interesting to, to sort of speculate where was the true peak of it. Um, it's probably, it's probably before the iPad and after the iPhone, somewhere in there, probably early iPhone time is when they really peaked. They started coming in the late nineties. You know, they peaked 10 ish years later. Um, I think stayed near the peak for a while, even after the iPad. But yeah. I mean, since Look, I mean, since Steve left, they've done nothing notable. They've done nothing innovative, interesting. It, um, you know, their hardware design has only deprecated. I, the the iPhone 6 versions, I mean, it's a piece of garbage. You know, this is a product that would never have been released under Steve's watch, you know. So um, the decay is is real and, and accelerating across all fronts. Um, frankly, I don't know that the software is any worse now than it was before. It's just always been putrid. Uh, maybe it is worse. Maybe it, it is also getting worse. I think it is actually, but um, it was terrible to begin with. So, yeah. In in, in the Fast Company article, uh, Don Norman and and Bruce uh, Tognazzini highlight some of the you know some of the sort of uh, HCI um, elements that that are are missing in uh, especially in the iOS and. And when they point them out, so so uh, things like there's there's no real undo, right? Which you take for granted um, on your desktop that you're just going to be able to undo things, um, and that sort of, you know provides the user with uh, sort of the willingness to experiment because you can you know you can take it back in this virtual world, um, and you know so that's missing um, discoverability. Like you don't really know what your iPhone can do. And there are all kinds of secret um, features that need to be pointed out to you, either in articles online or via a friend telling you this cool feature that they've discovered uh, uh, without, you know, uh, without sort of doing it very easily. Right. So and, and when those things are made concrete, I, you suddenly say, oh, my gosh, you know, now I, I know why I prefer, um, you know, uh, doing certain things on my laptop because I can undo them. Or why is this so frustrating? You can't necessarily uh, put it in words. But uh, I mean, so 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 that's like a, a real key thing. I, th- I think that this article brings to the table is 
is the specificity of the critique and, you know, the, the experts from, from which it comes, you know, that that's very important. I, I think on the, on the other side of it is also the, um, sort of the, the level of attention that's being paid to design by other companies now is really upping the game at the same time that Apple seems to be headed in a, you know, let's just make this look beautiful direction. Uh-huh. Um, and, and what I find interesting about that is that the design conversation is, is shifting. And especially in the case of, of Google, they have uh, at, at least some aspects of Google are very open. Right, they're not the walled garden that that Apple is. So, so you have this um, on one side of the table, the the walled garden sort of here's what good design is. You will enjoy it. Um, versus on the other side, like here here are lots of experimental ways that we're going at uh, creating the digital world, and we don't know all the answers, but but here's some stuff to play with, mm-hmm. which I think of more of an engineering mentality. Um, and that's coming from the Google side. And I'm really fascinated by that because it's sort of a multi-input environment. Um, they're doing a lot of things, not all of them good, but they're doing lots of iterations on them. And, and even though it never feels like it's completely baked, um, Google's really been at least pushing into the design space in new ways. And I don't know if they're going to end up being the same kind of design force that Apple has been for so long, but they've, they've made some promising moves. Your thoughts on that? You covered a lot of ground. So let me go back first and talk about Don and Bruce's um, you know takedown of Apple software. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to cut Apple some slack here. I think Don and Bruce are old guys. They've been around a really long time, and they made their successes and learned their trade in the context of traditional old-school desktop personal computing. And they, you know, they're bringing their lessons from that time, and they're judging, look, I mean, Apple, what's happening for Apple on the desktop now is very similar to what Apple was doing on the desktop, you know, 40 years ago, or that might, how long has Apple been around? 30 to 40 <laughs> years ago. Right. Um, mobile is a whole different beast. So we have less than a decade now of, of mobile. And we're still, we collectively, meaning the whole everybody, is still figuring it out. And mobile doesn't lend itself to the point-and-click paradigm the desktop personal computing lent itself to. So they're bringing all of those old rules and guidelines and patterns and saying, what the fuck, where is this stuff? Um, I'm not going to make the case that the things Apple is doing or any of the, the uh, manufacturers are doing are correct, but I think it's just a new a new animal. And so they're saying, oh, here's all these best practices. Why aren't they there? Well, those are old practices and we need to really reinvent what, what mobile computing looks like um, taking lessons where they're appropriate, but I don't know, man, like the point and click, that whole frame just isn't relevant when you have a tiny number of pixels, when you're dealing in direct manipulation and even on the hardware side, right? Like the whole Apple watch thing now, to me, that is just one of the many gyrations of what does mobile computing truly look like? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the form factor is correct of a mobile phone. I also don't think the watch form factor is correct. We're trying to figure all of this out on the hardware and the software side. So mm-hmm. I thought their takedown, unfortunately, showed their gray hairs more than 
more than was really making crisp salient points that were germane to the paradigm that we're in today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in terms of Google, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if there's a, a mainstream consumer tech company that I'm going to buy the stock of, it's going to be Google. I mean, I'm I'm very bullish on on Google um, for for a lot of different reasons, but. You know, on the design side, I don't know. I mean, they've never been great at design. They're really engineering driven. Um, so I don't know. You know, their newest um, Nexus phone just came out and it was produced by a different hardware manufacturer, right? So whereas Apple controls their hardware, controls their software, the, the design that emanates from that, Apple takes credit for. Google can't take credit for this. It's a very known, I'll mispronounce it, it's H-U-W-A-E-I is, is mm-hmm. the company, Huawei, or, or however you would pronounce that, Chinese company. And the phone is really beautiful, but it's not Google. It's, it's this other hardware manufacturer. So, you know, the degree to which Google is going to be a design leader and or practice exceptional design, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it's never been a, a staple or a hallmark. I think at, at a big picture level, what's happened is that the decay of Apple over the last five years has just brought them back to the pack. And so now it's like, who's the design leader? I don't know. I don't know that there is a design leader. They're all kind of similar-ish. Um, nobody's like this perfect, like Apple used to be this like clear cut above. Sure. There ain't the clear cut above anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's fascinating that, uh, um, that Apple has, has sort of lost its, design advantage right but there i mean there there are you know other elements of of apple where it still has um you know a a lot of clout and a lot of excellence right so i mean their industrial design granted you know the latest edition of the phones we can we can we can quibble about but their industrial design is still strong maybe not um not as mind-blowing as you know when you've you know, first saw the uh, the iMac, right, which was a real sort of game changer. Yeah. Uh, where they took you know the beige box and made it uh, uh, a colorful gumdrop, right? Yeah, they what? blew our minds for about fifteen years with right. amazing things. I mean, yes. those days are done. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it sort of the the low hanging fruit is is gone, and the uh, and design is in some ways been not commodified but at least um, adopted by all the major players in such a way that that apple is going to have to find other ways to compete you know in addition to design uh in order to stay relevant um i do think it was interesting what you were saying about google being an engineering centric organization which we know is true we also know that design and engineering like the marriage uh, of that and the future of design um, you know, being a more technical discipline as we look at emerging technologies, yeah. that, in my opinion, favors Google in, a, in in some ways because if you look at where they're sticking their, you know, dipping their toes into genomics and into you know robotics and uh, Internet of Things, whatever you you have, their 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 experimentation ecosystem is so broad and it's so engineering focused, and bringing a little bit of design perspective in there really makes. Uh, their inventiveness, you know, uh, sort of shine through, and yeah. and their their the forward looking nature of that company, you know, attracts uh, attracts me in a lot of different ways. In the same way that that I used to really adore Apple, so so maybe I'm just switching my fanboy uh, allegiance, you know, not not quite yet. I'm still 
uh, up in the air about it. I still enjoy Apple products, but but I feel like Google is nipping on their heels. Yeah, for sure. And I, I am switching, right? I mean, I, I would never, I, sort of my personality isn't to fanboy anything. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't necessarily characterize myself an Apple fanboy, but I've used extens um, sort of exclusively Apple products for, I don't know, 2015. I mean, well over 10 years, needless mm -hmm. to say, my whole ecosystem has been Apple. And um, I'm kind of over it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not seeing the better value there anymore. And Apple keeps screwing me over. I mean, the last um, OS upgrade, it wiped out my iTunes library, mm -hmm. right? It wiped out hundreds, if not thousands of hours of rating songs, making playlists, organizing all that shit. Just blew it away. Um, so, you know, with, with naughty moves like that, I mean, you're going to lose my loyalty really quickly. Right. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward, if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. -T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at dnemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Or email me, Dirk, at goinvo.com. So that's it for episode 130 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.